the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay, you ready? Let's do this. Let's uh, get going here. Welcome to Southern California Live on a Thursday afternoon. KKLA and KPRZ, I'm Bob Lapine. Nice to be with you this afternoon. Always look forward to when we can be together, which happens from time to time. So, again, thanks for tuning in. Glad you're here. For, I think, most of us, for all of us, it is hard for us to wrap our heads and our hearts around what we see anytime we turn on news on the television or we scroll through a feed on the Internet to see what is going on right now in real time throughout the country of Ukraine and to to um, to try to make sense of what's going on, to try to figure out how we can help beyond praying for the people of Ukraine. This is a, um, this, I was thinking about the fact that had, had this been going on uh, a generation ago, we would be waiting for the news uh, from the morning newspaper. That's how you got the news or the six o'clock news on the network. And there might be video but there might not be. You never saw a whole lot of video coming out of Syria. It just so happens that in Ukraine, there are people with phones who are sending us video images of bombs and destruction and fire and all that is going on there. And it's it's hard to fathom. And it's also hard to to wonder if this is the beginning of something new. I was talking to somebody today who said, you know, we we don't want to provoke World War Three, and I I said I, I, I'm not sure it's it's not already World War Three. I mean we we have not sent a counteroffensive. We've not sent troops in from Europe or from the U.S. And in fact, we have said steadfastly we won't do that. But in saying steadfastly we won't do that, I'm wondering if Vladimir Putin is saying, "Great, thank you for letting me know." what my options are because I think that Vladimir Putin is not particularly concerned about how much the people in his country are going to have to suffer as a result of economic sanctions or shortages of food or anything else. He lives in a country where people suffering and dying for the country that's that's been the the Russian way for a hundred years or more. I, I don't think he's moved by that. I don't think he will ever reach a point where he says, "My people in Russia have suffered enough. We have to stop this." He is fully committed to the conquest of Ukraine, and the the, the Ukrainians are fully committed to doing whatever they can to keep that from happening 
and the rest of the world is looking and saying, we're with you, and and sending supplies and sending in ammunition and sending in certain certain provisions. But I don't know that the people of Ukraine can hold back the Russian army, as as many as there are. And I heard today that there is talk in Russia now about conscripting additional soldiers. That's how committed Putin appears to be to his objective in Ukraine. And as we talked about this yesterday, I, I, I mentioned to you that we have many brothers and sisters in Ukraine there, there is a large Baptist seminary in Ukraine. There is a large independent evangelical seminary in Ukraine. There are churches planted throughout Kiev and throughout other parts of Ukraine. Ukrainians are sending out missionaries to other Eastern European countries. Um, we, we should be we should be concerned, no matter what's going on, no matter what the humanity involved is, but these are our brothers and sisters. And we are to, uh, what does the Bible tell us? We're to pay special attention to those who are of the household of faith. Well, I, I, uh, as I heard about this, I thought if we're going to talk about this today on Southern California Live, I want to get my friend Charles Morris on with us because, um, I, I know that Charles, you, you know Charles from the podcast Haven Today, um, radio program that's heard across the country, also heard online. Some of you listen regularly to Haven Today. Um, Charles is a uh, he he is a journalist who looks at the world with a Christian worldview. He, he's actually a minister of the gospel who looks at the news through the lens of the gospel. That's probably a better description. And I knew that he would be attuned to what's going on. He would be talking to his sources. He would be looking at this. So I reached out and I said, Charles, can can we talk? And he said, well, actually, I just decided I'm headed to the airport. I'm I'm going to Poland. Uh, and so uh, we, we've got him en route to the airport. I think that's he's either en route or he's have, – have you gotten through security at the airport yet, Charles? <laughs> I'm actually in the parking lot. And I'm going to leave my wife, kiss her goodbye, and if the dog barks, she'll understand why. <laughs> but uh, as soon as we get through, I'll be going to the Lufthansa uh, desk. And uh, my team is flying in, uh, and I just got news from them as they were boarding their flight, a different Lufthansa flight. They all got upgrades. Can you believe <laughs> it? The Lord is good. But... Uh, uh, but, um, yes, we can talk about the facts going on as far as I know at this moment, uh, but we're going to be doing our broadcast all next week from Poland. And by tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon, uh, L.A. time, uh, I'll be in Warsaw, and then we're going to move down to Krakow. We'll also be at the border. But give me a few minutes or a couple of minutes to at least talk about the spiritual dimensions going on, Bob. Yeah, let, let's do, and I do want to do that, but but you're headed to Poland, which is, for those who don't have their European map in their head, uh, Poland is a border country to you, to the Ukraine, and Ukrainian people, uh, the, the last scenes I've seen at the border are clogged up with people 
uh, refugees trying to get through. More than a million now, I understand, who have tried to get out of the Ukraine and into Poland is their their primary destination, right? Uh, That's right. There uh, are nine border crossings between Ukraine and Poland. Uh, I'll be at the main one on Saturday. Uh, And it's also a NATO country, so it's considered the safest place. Um, Who knows? Uh, You know, there's more resistance, of course, to Ukraine, from Ukraine to Putin and the Russian army. Uh, But uh, what does he have his eyes on after that? Does he want to just to enlarge Mother Russia, the old Russian Empire? Uh, Moldova uh, seems like a natural thing. That's not a it's a small country, but it's not a NATO. Poland is the safest place for the most people. Uh, a lot of refugees in western Ukraine, but the fear is it's not going to stay that safe. Um, I, we had on our program yesterday uh, uh, an Old Testament professor from one of those seminaries uh, that uh, was in Kiev, and he had taken his family to western Ukraine the week before and then went back to Kiev. And uh, just heard a few minutes ago as I was getting ready to drive to the airport that uh, someone who has an orphanage in Kiev was trying to evacuate and all these orphans, and that's probably going to be too late. Um, But if you go outside, uh, one of my colleagues who arrived on Monday has been sending me pictures. He went to one of the border crossings, and there are actually buses waiting outside that will take people. Uh, One bus said Berlin. He showed me the sign. Mm. And, And this this is not going to be like when I was in the Middle East and ISIS was coming through. There are not going to be tent cities. Uh, but the good news here, and I'll begin to move in the spiritual direction, is uh, the churches that are responded. Uh, churches in Moldova, uh, churches uh, in Romania, Slovakia, uh, and especially Poland are opening their doors and they're taking in refugee families into their homes. Uh, if they've got a larger area, like a gym or something, they're taking them in there. And we are, in fact, on the air raising money uh, for uh, food relief. And we're working with Mission Eurasia. It used to be Russian Ministries, the old Peter Dynica ministry out of mm-hmm. Wheaton. Mm-hmm. And uh, just that's who we're raising money for. And in our 88 years of history. We're doing what we always do. We do not take a handling fee, and we're wiring it straight to them. $50 will buy food for a family of five for a week. Mm. And uh, that's the great need right now. Housing yeah. uh, will be found, as uh, Western Europe is uniquely able to take dispersed people. And uh, in, in fact, Moldova is, is calling them guests. We're not calling them refugees. We're calling them guests, they say. But the churches are on the front line of this, and they are actually doing what the gospel teaches Christians to do. Uh, but but I've got one. I know you had, I think you had Ed Cannon on yesterday from the I did, BBC. right. Um, one of their guys that we've had on, who's in, two of their guys have been out just sharing the gospel. They had 20 teenagers. Normally, they've got 
six FM stations. I'm repeating it. I can just hear him repeating this. Yes, I'm repeating the words of Ed yesterday. Hmm. Uh, they've had to go online uh, as well, and they've had as many as 160,000 listeners uh, to their programming uh, in just Ukraine. And only yesterday, 20 teenagers committed their lives to the Lord. Right. And their two people are not just looking after their churches, they're going out on the streets and they're stopping uh, bands of Ukrainian soldiers. Can I pray for you? And they're getting on their knees and they're praying. And people are meeting Jesus in the middle of their country, crashing down around them right now. In the uh, subway stations, everywhere in Kiev. I mean, it, the, the gospel is going forth and people are uniquely responsive to it, uh, certainly at this point in, in history. Go ahead with what you're going to say. Well, it's 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 just you know I was raised you know to turn my nose down, look down at foxhole conversions. But my late uncle Bill uh, in Germany in World War II, he took a bullet, and that bullet lodged in his pocket testament uh, that was over his heart, hmm. and he thought if that bullet and that pocket New Testament saved my life, I better read what's in that pocket New Testament, and that's how I became a Christian. And for the rest of his life, and even to his dying days, uh, he was out on mission trips. He was serving his Lord. So who knows how God is going to use this? Um, But I think it's time for Americans, all of us, not to be as naive as we can sometimes be, and ask, Lord, how can we do this? And I'm just itching to talk about more spiritual stuff with you related to this if we don't have to take a break or right after a break or something here before <laughs> we say we have to go, and I need to get on my Lufthansa your, plane. Your airplane. Yeah, Charles Morris joining us from Haven today as he gets ready to head out to Poland and to view firsthand and to talk to the people there about what God is doing in the midst of a war zone. And as as Christians in these other European, Eastern European countries are beginning to take in these guests, these visitors, these refugees, these immigrants who are coming looking for shelter. I'm hearing, Charles, I'm seeing pictures of empty grocery store shelves in Kiev, uh, gas stations that no longer have any fuel available. And I'm thinking for those who are staying behind, courageously staying behind, uh, they're going to find themselves in a very difficult situation before too long. That's right. The hunger uh, is going to be great, and certainly uh, if Russian soldiers who have uh, become POWs in Ukraine or have dropped their arms are saying, we weren't fed for three days prior to your capturing us or prior to us surrendering, uh, what does that mean for the Ukrainian people? Putin doesn't really care about them, uh, whatever his motives are, whatever drives them. I do know that Mission Eurasia, besides getting food into refugees that have escaped, uh, they think they're also going to be able to get food in as long as the western side of Ukraine holds out against Putin, and they're hoping to do that. But you're right. Uh, The whole supply chain, if we think it was bad when we ran out of toilet paper two years ago (laughs) from COVID, let's get real here. they're not going to have any supply chains for anything, fuel and food, as you just said, and the stores are emptying out right now. 
Yeah, it, it's beyond what any of us can imagine. I mean, I go to the grocery store and they're out of Diet Coke and I grouse, but we're, we're talking about empty shelves and no provisions for anybody. And I'm, I'm sure people have gone in and, and bought uh, larger than normal supplies not knowing what's coming. But yeah, these these are different. We, we are completely oblivious to what the realities of living in a war zone are. And the Ukrainians have uh, have at least had a taste of this before in their lives. They kind of know what they're up against. Well, and the sad thing in all of this is that two weeks ago, uh, people living in Ukraine, and I've talked to more than one Christian there, that said, we didn't think he was actually, we thought he would invade, but it would be the East. We didn't think he would come to Kiev. We stocked up, hmm. but now we've had to flee. Yeah. Or the women and children have had to flee, and the men have joined the army. And, uh, you know, when they flee, they can't take the food with them that they stocked up. Well, they're going to need that food in the West part of the country as well. Right. And uh, it's, it's, it's call it World War Three, uh, as you mentioned a moment ago, or whatever you call it, there is going to be great need. And so let me let me just say it and i can expand on this if you have time before i need to leave but christians in america need to pray boldly if daniel could pray boldly if paul could pray boldly if jesus could pray boldly we better get on our knees and pray boldly yep and we're asking our listeners uh, with haven today to give boldly too for this need as well. That is the great need. And it's just like the chief rabbi in Kiev. Uh, he called on the Christians about two days ago, I think it was. He said, Christians, would you join me and pray Psalm 31? That's a good place to start. That's what my wife and I prayed. But today we prayed Psalm 37 together. Jesus quoted both of those psalms uh, in the Gospels. On one account, one of those, Psalm 31, he quoted it from the cross when he said, it is finished. But I think uh, for those of us where we are, it's easy to say, thy will be done. I think we need to plead with the Lord boldly to turn this Russian army around and send them back. That's how people prayed in biblical times. And believe that God will respond and will answer, and yes, I believe God's will will be done, whatever. But let me just keep going here, Bob. In the history of the Church, the history of the Church, Orthodox Christianity, I'm not talking about the Russian Orthodox Church or the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, in the history of the Church of Jesus Christ, we have taught Christ died, Christ rose, Christ is coming again. I think what we need to do right now is we need to add to that Christ reigns. Hmm. And he's reigning now, and we need to believe that. We need to take hold of that so that we are proclaiming in our churches in America loud and strong when we challenge our parishioners to pray boldly and then give boldly, too. We need to proclaim Christ died, Christ rose, Christ reigns, now yes and christ will return 
And I understand there's a bit of a mystery, there's a bit of a shroud in that, because Jesus today is sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven, he is going to return, uh, and uh, that's not what I'm getting into. The fact is, he also is reigning now, and we must not forget that. And the emperors, the presidents, the dictators, the premiers of this world, including Vladimir Putin, are all going to be no longer. And countries of this world are going to be no longer. They will come crashing down. But Christ reigns. And that's our hope. That's our future. But it's also our now. This Christ is a good reigns. This is a good time for us to revisit, Charles, what happened uh, at the end of the Babylonian captivity of the Jews when in exactly. in a period of a week, God turned the whole tables, and and one king is out, and a new king is there, and the people are liberated at the, by God's hand, right? Yes, and 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 maybe we're seeing some glimpses right now of God at work. We're getting the stories that that Russian troops just in the last twenty four hours, these young kids that they've drafted into the army are weeping that have been captured. Uh, They're punching holes in the gas tanks of their tanks and armored vehicles so that they can't go forward any longer. Mm. They're laying down arms. They're saying, I didn't sign up for this. You know, I was told I was going out for drills. And the next thing I know, we're invading another country and I'm supposed to kill innocent civilians. Maybe that's a glimpse of the hand of the Lord already at work. And I think, you know, I, I yes, I'm an old news junkie. I was a bureau chief for UPI back in the day. Uh, I've seen, I saw on the CBS Evening News the last two nights in a row, I saw Vladimir Putin sitting all alone by himself at the end of a 50-foot table. And at the other end of the 50-foot table, there was that picture of his eight economists who were saying the world is coming down upon us. You know, the the ruble is worth less than a penny right now. Uh, Our economy is going up in flames as well. Um, And there he sits. His face is a little puffy right now. We don't know what's going on in his mind. But we know his end is coming, and we know who's in control. That's right. Christ reigns. Charles Morris joining us this afternoon. We're going to take a quick time out. I don't want you to be late to your gate, but can you stay with us for another segment? Yeah, one more segment. Let me pray. Give me give me not more than 10 more minutes, Bob. Uh, all right. We'll 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 take a quick break, be back with more, and give you time to pray before we're done uh, as your Thursday edition of Southern California Live continues. Southern California Live, Thursday afternoon. I'm Bob Lapine. Thanks for being with us. We're talking with Charles Morris, who is headed to the airport to head to Poland to be broadcasting live from Poland next week with what's going on in Ukraine as Poland receiving uh, refugees from Ukraine. He'll be at the uh, at the border crossings and talking with the immigrants who are coming in. Um, Charles, we, we were just talking about... Uh, Vladimir Putin, and we we think of this as as a Russian-Ukrainian conflict, 
But I, I think we have to be aware of the fact that um, the response of the world to what's going on is being carefully observed in Beijing as they look at Taiwan in the same way that Russia looks at Ukraine and thinks, we want to go get it back at some point. Are we going to face opposition if we do? How we respond politically and and as 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 a united uh, group of nations, how we respond to what's going on in Russia has implications for the stability of our world going forward, don't you think? I think so. That's why I think maybe the way we look at history may change. Uh, you know, if, if, if you look in the grand scope of things, only a few thousand have died in this war so far. But look at what all is being done right now. Uh, yeah. Bringing up China is a very good point. Yes, in a sense, it's a different kettle of fish. But, uh, you know, it just uh, some of the leaks came out today from some of the security services that uh, China had actually asked Putin, don't start the invasion till after the Olympics. You know, right. this is our prize. This is where we're going to be on display. We want the whole world watching us. And, of course, viewership in the United States was the lowest it's been in maybe ever, you know, for an Olympics. But the fact is uh, there is some being in cahoots, but I also saw one person theorizing today that China, in their joining the hip with Russia and with Putin, may have bought off more than they wanted to. But obviously, they want to retake Taiwan. Uh, and, and, and that leads you back to Putin. What does Putin want out of this at 69 years of age? You know, you started the segment talking about this the last time. And we, we you know, in the generation before you and me, Bob, you read it in the newspaper. It was just before you and I were born that Edward R. Murrow did something totally unique. This is London. And CBS Radio News started, radio started, then TV news started getting into it. And the way we've seen war has changed so that now it's even more instant, instant than it has ever been. And I don't think Putin bargained for all of that. He didn't bargain for every time he accidentally or intentionally hits a civilian apartment complex or wipes out the Holocaust War Memorial or whatever else he's doing. Freedom Square, yeah. I, right. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think he understood that how that is going to make him look all around the world as all these iPhones are, are shooting away. And even the video that was released last yesterday afternoon of these captured Russian soldiers that Ukraine is allowing to call back home and talk to these their family, 18, 19-year-old young men. Uh, and they're weeping yeah. as they're saying to their family on phone calls, and then it's videoed, and there it is on YouTube. I didn't sign up for this. They didn't tell us that we were going off to war. We were just doing drills. They're asking us to shoot women and children. And so when you see people in a village, men and old people and children, stand right there in front of a tank coming through into their village and holding up their arms and saying, you have to run over us yeah. if you're going to take us. Um, 
I, I have great respect for the Ukrainians, and they are peaceful people. I don't know the languages. I don't know Russian. I don't know Ukrainian. But a Ukrainian friend of mine who's a computer programmer in, in Tel Aviv, last weekend he was part of 20,000 people, pretty much Ukrainian and Russian Jews, that after the Soviet Union fell were able to get out and make Haliyah to Israel. 20,000 marching outside the Russian embassy. He said there's this strong wording when you get to Russia, and it's, it's the Tchaikovsky sound of the language, Rachmaninoff sound of the language. The Ukrainian language is more lilting. It's more peaceful. And he said even among Christians, the greatest dilemma for Christians in the last week, most Christians in Ukraine born-again, Bible-believing Christians, would be pacifists because of all the war they've seen in their lifetime or heard about from one, two, or even three generations before them. And they've had to make the decision, and most of them have decided, I will, take, I will pick up an arm. I will make a Molotov cocktail. I will protect not just my homeland, but this runs much deeper to that. And I, I know in the United States, we have a strong, uh, I'm a patriot. I'm proud to be an American. But as this guy told me, uh, in the, among the Russian people, there is this strong fervor to make Russia great again. And, but now, with what Putin's doing, it's why Putin's arrested thousands of Russians, because they don't want to rebuild their empire this way. We're talking with Charles Morris, who is headed toward Eastern Europe and will be broadcasting from there next week, uh, talking with Ukrainians who are coming into Poland, talking with church leaders in Poland who are being and doing what the church is to do, receiving these people, caring for them in Jesus' name, and advancing the work of the gospel in the midst of a war zone. I, I mentioned this to Ed Cannon yesterday when he was on, but the, the church in Smyrna in um, in Revelation chapter 2, it's the one of the seven churches that Jesus does not say, I have this against you. And it's the mm. church that is the persecuted church. It's the church that is being crushed. Even the name Smyrna comes from the myrrh plant that was, the fragrance does not is not given off until the berry is crushed. And I, that's mm. an apt metaphor for what mm. is going on. Yes. That the uh, As people are being crushed there is a fragrance of christ that's that's arising and there could be a spiritual renewal throughout eastern europe as a result of of all of this that nobody anticipated and saw coming well that's right when the soviet union fell there was revival in russia uh when china opened its doors to the outside uh, that Far East Broadcasting, Red Cannon's ministry was involved with, uh, and my ministry founded 75 years ago, uh, there was great revival that had gone on even as the country had been closed off. And we can pray to that end. But back what I said earlier, Bob, we need to be praying boldly, and we need to give boldly, too. Yeah. So let me ask you to do that before I let you go and check in for your flight. Just lead us, if you would, in prayer for uh, the Ukrainian people and for for God to be at work in this part of the world, in all of our hearts and all of our lives. 
I would be more than happy to. Lord God in heaven, we pray to you, we plead with you right now in Southern California, here on KKLA. I pray Psalm 31 as the chief rabbi in Kiev asked Christians, followers of Jesus, to pray. Oh, Lord Yahweh, in you we take refuge. May you be may you never be put to shame. Yes. And in your righteousness, deliver these people in Ukraine right now. Rescue them speedily. Be a rock of refuge for them. And be a strong fortress for them. Because you are my and our rock and fortress. And for your name's sake, you lead me and guide me. And you take us out of the net that they have hidden for me. You are my refuge. Into your hands, Jesus, you prayed this. I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. So, Lord, we pray right now that you would turn this Russian army back, that you would confuse Vladimir Putin to the point, just like in ancient Babylon that my brother Bob just referred to a while ago, Uh, Lord, confuse him to the point that he doesn't know what he's doing, and he lays down his decision-making power. And Lord, where we can help, all of us, may we help, and may we do that right now, and make a difference for the kingdom. And Lord, we pray this in the name of the strong one, King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Charles, thank you. I hope our listeners will visit your website, Haven Today, and stay connected and hear your reports from Poland next week. Uh, they, they can listen online anytime they like, right? Absolutely. Haventoday.org. And if you want to give boldly, you can give right now. We're wiring the money to Mission Eurasia. Uh, We've been very careful. There's scams out there already trying to raise money. I saw in the Better Business Bureau last night, whoever you give to, make sure they're on the ground and running, that their books are open, and they also have a game plan for how to distribute aid quickly. Yeah. That's good. Well, I I, uh, hope that that God might grant you the grace of the upgrade that your colleagues got. And uh, if not, I hope your Ambien works and and you sleep through the whole thing. It's it's melatonin gummies is what it is, Bob. All right. Okay. Bless you, brother. Bless you as well. God bless every listener listening to us right now that stayed with us. Yeah, thank you. Charles Morris joining us this afternoon on KKLA, on Southern California Live here on KKLA and KPRZ. And uh, Godspeed to Charles as he heads off to Poland. Uh, I I want us to have some conversation about world events uh, this hour and next hour. There's just so much going on. And honestly, you stop and you go, "What, what is the end game? What's the way out? What's the fix for this? We can pray, we can give. I think those are Charles is right. We need to be doing both of those things. But but how how do we find ourselves a year from now going the world is a safer place? What's our role as Americans in that? We're going to talk about that. We'll take a quick break and be back. You're always welcome to join the conversation here at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I'm wondering if any of you have family or friends, people who are in Ukraine, 
Some of you may be from Ukraine, have lived there for a while. We'd love to hear from you. Any firsthand reports you've got of stories coming out from out of Ukraine, give us a call at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Be back in a minute as your Thursday edition of Southern California Live continues. Southern California Live, KKLA and KPRZ. I'm Bob Lapine on a Thursday afternoon. We're talking about what all of us are focused on, what is going on in Ukraine, what's going on in Eastern Europe, the Russian-Ukrainian war that is taking place, the invasion of the Ukrainian country. Lines are open at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I said if you're from Ukraine, maybe you've lived there Maybe you have contact with people there. We'd just love any report that you've got. Dan is on the line with us from Rancho Santa Margarita. Dan, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, can you hear me? We can. Go ahead. I'm sorry, can you hear me? We can hear you fine. Go ahead. Okay, sorry. Um, Yeah, um, I've been uh, looking at some of the websites and social media and on my Instagram uh, I've Samaritan's Purse has come up a couple of times, and, uh, you know, uh, they've been telling us a little bit about what they're doing and all that. And I'm noticing the comments. Uh, I see a lot of praying hands, a lot of emojis, uh, and that. And I've seen that before when there's crisis, um, whether it be hurricanes or uh, whatever. But I'm kind of I'm kind of troubled by this a little bit. It, it's always good that Christians pray and everybody cra- prays, but... I feel like sometimes the only responsibility that some people think that we have is just to pray, and that pray, praying doesn't require a lot of sacrifice. I can pray in one minute. Now, if I give a $30 check or a $100 check, um, that's pretty meaningful, and that requires a little sacrifice. But sometimes I just feel like we feel like our only responsibility is to pray, and I think that that's, uh, that's inadequate very inadequate, yet I've been seeing it for years, and it kind of troubles me. I think for a lot of us, and and I would imagine you feel this sometimes, we'll read about something in the news or or an event that's taking place, and the only thing we we feel like we can do, you hear about some tragedy takes place, a, a, a weather event that happens in some other part of the world, and you think, boy, I wish I could do something. And I I think prayer is that thing we can do instantly and immediately. I think you make a good point. Sometimes we check the box and says, well, I prayed. Now I'm now I'm free from any responsibility for that. And and yet there is more that we can do. And I think giving I mean, as I as I was spending time last night thinking about this and praying about this, talking with others about this, I thought I I need to, uh, you know, go online and and make a donation. So I did that last night to a church I know that's in Kiev that is trying to provide for its people. I know the money can get there securely. And so I did that. I, I think that's what um, Charles Morris was encouraging people to do. Beyond praying and giving, uh, I, I think we find ourselves at a loss in knowing what exactly can we do on this other other side of the world. Do you have any thoughts on that, Dan? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, but uh, I, well, I, there's World Vision out there. There's Compassion International, mm-hmm. Samaritan's Purse. They're all on the ground. It costs money to get them on the ground. I right. think Samaritan's Purse is setting up field hospitals and that. 
so they need medical supplies. So I think if we donate, we can, uh, um, you know, help the, the situation out. But, yes, absolutely pray, absolutely pray. But I think that there's more required of us, and I think we need to look in to see what's required of us and see if we can help that way. If somebody tells me when I lost my job um, or something like that, oh, I'm sorry you lost your job and all that, but, you know, I'll be praying for you. Um, it might be nice maybe to pick up lunch. It might be nice <laughs> to maybe donate a few food items. It might be we might need to make another step forward instead of just saying I'm praying for you. Or if your your wife is in the hospital and you have a couple kids, I'm praying for your wife. Well, how about stepping up, maybe bringing some food? How about maybe offering to babysit? I just yep. think praying is the go-to, and it's inadequate. It's you good, know, I, but it's inadequate. I, I think when James says faith without works is dead, I think that's a part of what he's expressing in this. He's to say, and he says, if your brother comes to you and says, uh, here's my need, and you say, I'll pray for you, be warmed and filled, and that's all you do, that's inadequate. There, there needs to be a tangibility to our faith. We need to have uh, our feet involved as well. I think there's an, an equal danger, and that is to minimize or discount what God can do through our prayers. And I think we can sometimes feel like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to pray, but I mean, honestly, does this really make a difference? If I, if I take 60 seconds right now, or if we just, as we just did here on, on Southern California live, we take a few minutes, we pray for God to be at work. And we think, is that, is that really doing anything? Is that really making any difference? And to, to your point, we should, we should not uh, we should not check the box and say, well, I prayed, so I'm off the hook. By the same token, I think we should not minimize the impact that our prayers can have. I have to wonder if stalled supply lines to Russian soldiers and the fact that this this Russian army advance is not happening the way that Putin thought it was going to happen is not due in some measure to the prayers of God's people all around the world, praying as we've been praying that God would stop the Russian army and that he would protect the people of Ukraine. And so I think, I think, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know how it's going to be a miraculous work of God for Ukraine to, to be preserved given the Russian army that's coming at it. Uh, but, but we've seen God do things like this before, and this is where we cry out and say, Lord, we don't know your your perfect will, but we pray that you would protect your people. And so, Dan, thank you for that. Thanks for your call, and thanks for a good word, a good reminder that uh, that faith without works is dead. We want to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word, and we want to be tangibly helping. And I, and I don't know how you've done that. I, I hope you have at least considered it, prayed about it, looked for opportunities. Dan mentioned organizations like World Vision, Compassion, Samaritan's Purse, other ministries, reputable ministries. Charles Morris mentioned the group that they're working with uh, through Haven today. They're working with a, a group called Mission Eurasia, able to get uh, immediate aid through to Ukrainians, those who are coming across into Poland and those who are still in western Ukraine. So look for reputable uh, ministries and organizations that have a track record of being able to mobilize and get food and supplies in, and then just say, Lord, what can we do? And what kind of a gift can we give so that we can help with the immediate tangible needs that that people have? I, I would say do that and and pray believing that your prayers make a difference. 
don't I mean, if if you're stuck between, OK, I'm either not going to pray or I'm going to pray with a little hedge of doubt in the back of my mind or I'm going to pray believing, I would say that the best thing to do is pray believing that God hears your prayers and God responds to your prayers because that's what the Bible teaches and say, I don't understand how all of this works. And I sometimes pray and it doesn't go the way I think it should, but I'm going to keep praying because this is what Jesus tells me to do. And so we we continue to cry out to him with these burdens on our heart. Pray in faith. If if uh, if the only other option is to pray with doubt or not to pray, pr- then pray with doubt and say, Lord, help my unbelief as as you pray with this. But but let's be crying out to God and let's ask God to do. I I have to tell you, I the, the Psalms give us a pattern. We just prayed Psalm thirty one last night. I. I reached out to our church congregation and I said, Psalm 91 is a great psalm to pray. Ed Cannon mentioned that yesterday. Be looking at, at biblical passages like this. Some of the biblical passages you'll find in the book of Psalms are what are called imprecatory psalms, psalms where we pray for God to destroy his enemies. I do not think it's wrong to say, God, would you bind the hands of of Vladimir Putin, would you either bring him to faith and repentance, or would you remove him from power? However, that needs to happen. Could there be a a palace coup in Russia? Could it be that the people in Saint Petersburg who stood up and and were protesting their government could be the seeds of a revolt in Russia to say we will not be governed in this way by someone like this? I don't know how God might work. But if if we could look back on this moment in history the same way that the Jews looked back at the end of the Babylonian captivity and said, look what God did when he brought the Medes and Persians in and drove out the Babylonians in a week. And all of a sudden, the Jews who had been in slavery for 40 years were able to go back to the Holy Land, back to Israel, back to Jerusalem, and rebuild the city and rebuild the walls. Could it be that we would look back on this moment in history and say, here is where a leader uh, stepped forward and where uh, people stood up and said no? And and historians will probably look at how nations responded. We as Christians can go, uh, what was going on in the heavenlies? What was going on behind the scenes? What was What was God doing in the affairs of men? And so I, I would just urge all of us to be to be faithful, to be bold, as Charles said, in our prayers for Ukraine, and as Dan said when he called earlier, and then let's look around and say, How can I how can I do something to help my brothers and sisters? I know if you had someone come up to you in church on Sunday and say, Here's our situation, we're out of supplies, we've got nothing, is there anything you could do to help? You'd open your heart and you'd open your wallet to to help somebody who was in a devastating situation. I've seen church people do that over and over again. Well, they can't come to our church and ask, but our brothers and sisters need help. People need our help, and so we need to be looking for ways to do that. All right? We're going to continue talking about this and a whole lot of other things on the other side. Stay with us for Hour 2 as your Thursday edition of Southern California Live continues. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.